0: Welcome to a new episode of Liftoff, a Jets football podcast, with your host, Chris, and from playlikeajet.com, Mr. Sharman Phillip. And remember, you could find our podcast everywhere you find your podcasts at Spotify, Apple, Google, iHeartRadio, and now on Amazon as well. And you can follow the show on Twitter at LiftoffJets, Jets, and you could follow Sharman at Grown Folk1980. And you can follow myself at CP7NY. And you could also catch the show on Sportswire Radio at sportsinarium.com backslash player. And you could follow the station manager, Thomas Bryce there for all the scheduling at Thomas Bryce, 2017 on Twitter. So Sharman, we're getting closer, man, a couple more weeks. It will be at opening day, hopefully watching a victory this year.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, man. Uh, um, you know, let's see how it goes. I mean, the last time we went, uh, yeah, it was not beautiful. It wasn't pretty. Yeah. So, yeah, <laughs> it's gotta let's, be hope, let's hope yeah, oh, man, <laughs> got to be 100% better. <laughs> more yeah. competitive. That would be, that would, that would help. Yeah. And Yeah.
0: And you know what? I don't know <laughs> when you think about it, I mean, Baltimore is coming in, man, hungry after last year, right? With all the injuries mm. they had uh, during I mean, I think we're going to get into it more with our preview about what we think of Baltimore. But Baltimore's coming in, man, oof, hungry after last year, because last year was a like like almost a year that they, they wish never happened with all the injuries they had um from day one. And uh I that's a team I don't want to face, but it's good I guess we're getting them out of the way after week one. So but um should be interesting. But um but anyway, as we get closer to opening day, you know, Got some news to go over. Uh, we definitely got some jet stuff, but we're gonna hit up some NFL news first. Um, we'll start off with some good news. Uh, Dorian James of the LA Chargers finally signs his deal, four years, seventy six million dollars. Um, hmm. What's your thoughts on him?
1: I mean, this, <laughs> I, this is one of the better, one of the better um, safeties in the NFL. Um, kind of just, uh, you know, he fits the role of, you know, of that new safety could play in the box and could cover in the back end too, and you know, so I mean, the, he he deserves that money. I mean, the only the only thing is this man has not, in my opinion, you know, because of injury, you know, it hasn't consistently been on the field, but when he has, you could tell that he's is cut from a different cloth. So, uh, you know, let's hope he stays he stays healthy because they will need him <laughs> if they're gonna compete in that in that division with all those quarterbacks. Oh yeah,
0: that's gonna be easily the the toughest division in in football this year. I mean, every team is is tough, and like you said, each one has one quarterback better than the other, and you could rank them any way you want. But that is going to be one crazy division, you know, uh, I and it's and it's funny, like you see all these experts and they all have a different lineup on how that division is going to end up, you know, whether it's Kansas City up front, the Raiders, the Chargers, the Broncos. So that just says, I mean, it's it's going to be a great, a great season in the NFL, I think, overall. And then that division just is a great example of how crazy it is this year is going to be because there's a lot of good teams out this year, especially in the AFC,
1: Um, all four in the West. So yeah, the, the, the West is just going to be, I mean, uh, you know, 0.0, however you want to call it. That's (laughs) where it's going to be. All the, all the action, most of the action, that's where it's going to be. Um, It's, it's going to be the, one of the reasons why experts can't figure it out is because there's way too many variables. You know, um, for every team, you could you could name a legitimate reason why they wouldn't become the powerhouse that they should be with the lineups or the roster they, that they could put on the field. Um, you know, uh, as great as as good and and I mean we got to go back and look the last couple of years the Raiders have been pretty good, um, mm-hmm. very competitive team and very talented on a lot of fronts. And they still haven't, you know, shocked the world yet. And, you know, in the in even if they've been playing so well, so then you have questions for that. And then you have questions for the chargers because, as good as the chargers have been, or how as talented have as they have been over the years, something always happens, right? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I. You know, the cardiac charges, man, I don't know, man. Wow. It, it's crazy how they it happens to them. It always does because they've been supremely talented for a long time and they just can't get there. And the Broncos, man, um, new quarterback in town. Uh, he needs to gel with his offensive uh, skill position players and learn that new offense, um, you know, I think, I think that, I think, I think that's, you know, that's going to take time. I think that's going to take time. I think the running game is going to help them. Cause I, I, people forget that, that running game at some point last last year was doing really well. And then they kind of just kind of flubbed it. Mm -hmm. Uh, But, um, but yeah, there's, there's reasons for, uh, all of these teams to do very well and there's also legitimate reasons and that's one of the reasons why no expert could actually <laughs> agree on <laughs> you right. know what it's going to be.
0: Yeah, you could get, like I said, you could get any order you want. Um, I, th- I think the Chargers, when you look at them on paper, I would give so, them, I would say they have the most talent of the four teams yeah, possibly. True. And not by much because they're all very talented. But I think, you know, when you look, but the Chargers just have that I don't know that dark cloud or whatever over them. That something's always happening with that team. You know they've had good teams in the past. I would say for as long as I've been watching football, they've had really good teams. But something always ends up happening. You know, and they've only been to the one Super Bowl so far. So um, this might be the year. Um, But you could say that about eight or nine teams in the AFC. So (laughs) yeah, um, I mean, I I mean,
1: just to just to just to help a little bit of what you was just saying. You know, talking about a team that's just so ultra talented. Um, you know, Joey Bosa is one of the best pass rushers in the NFL, right? Yep. You know, guess who that's all of a sudden rushing from the other side, right? <laughs> you know, another one of the best pass rushers in the NFL in Khalil Mack. You know, <laughs> you you know what we have in what they have in Justin Herbert as a quarterback we just spoke about during James. You know, J.C. Jackson is one of the best corners in the NFL. Um, Mike Williams and Keenan Allen are just, you know, staples at wide receiver that just could give you big play after big play. You know, I mean, come on, man. It just goes on and on and on and on on the kind of talent they have everywhere. You know, it's crazy. So, um, again, like you said, uh, something always happens <laughs> that kind of, hey man, you know. And we know that too well as Jet fans. So, oh, yeah, we. I'm not yeah. making fun of
0: them at all. I'm just saying that that, no, no, you know,
1: <laughs> just pointing out the, just pointing out what it is. Yeah. You know, it is what it is, basically.
0: And we've been, there. Uh, but we've yeah. That. <laughs> yep. <laughs> so, and actually, another safety um, came back to uh, Jesse Bates of uh, Cincinnati. Signed his franchise tag. They couldn't agree on any kind of an, any kind of an extension. So he signs, signs his franchise tag, and he's in camp now. And what kind of an impact that makes for Cincinnati?
1: Yeah, it was always going to be impactful. I mean, the 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 question, and I think the reasoning behind Cincinnati not making a push to sign him to a big deal is last year he was not the Jesse Bates that they bought. You know, he was up and down. And a lot, he spent a lot of down. I mean, he, he definitely didn't have the best season. You know, you know how players normally before they you know they sign-in year, you know, they you know that last year, they show out. He didn't have that, you know, and um and I think the 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 thing that he struggled at is what bothers them the most because he was one of the better coverage safeties and he struggled in coverage. So you you know, you're asking yourself do I pay this man, you know, hmm. uh, and, and, you know, so, so I under, you know, they're looking for any reason not to pay number one. So you are given them a reason, you know, just goes without saying what the arguments were and the reasoning behind all that, you know, tagging and all that stuff. Because if he continued playing, like he was playing the year before, he would have been signed already. I promise you that. Oh, no so, doubt.
0: He had a yeah. good, Postseason, I think during their run, he did he did up his game a yes. lot.
1: Yes, yes, yeah. I, I I would say that he became he yeah. But during the regular season, he was not yeah. Um, he was not the guy. That, it, it, when you when, this is the problem, right? You're arguing to get to to be in the same conversation as getting paid as uh, Jamal Adams, uh, Minka Fitzpatrick, and Dorian James. Those guys are. You know, the top. yeah, exactly. So if you're going to be that and you can't show me those numbers. Well, the argument goes when we sit down for negotiation. Hey, look at these guys numbers and your numbers ain't nowhere close. So why should I pay you this money? And the team, if you cannot, you know, convince them that you could raise your, you know, your game to that level or you could play at that level consistently, they won't pay you. You know, so and I I mean, we can't go, we can't I'm, the judges are notorious at not paying people. What what are we talking
0: about? <laughs> and to add to what you're saying, he played in only 15 of the 17 games last year. He only had one interception compared to his first three seasons, where he had three each of those seasons. There you and, go. And he only he had he had one fumble recovery. And if you look at his tackles, they went from 111, 100, 109 his first three seasons to only eighty eight last season. So to your point, yeah, his his numbers also show that he didn't have a great season either.
1: Yeah, so yeah, it, it, it's been out there, man. That 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 that's all the re- that's the reason why this was this, this they did they couldn't come um, to an agreement because this it, it, he he had this man thought that his argument was solid and. Chargers were having it. And also
0: um I don't know if I don't want to call this good news, but it was a great story, Shaquem Griffith um retires from football after I think he played four seasons. Um he was the player who had the only one hand. Um he was the brother of uh, the other Griffin who played Shaquem. for Shaquem Yeah, for the Seahawks as well. Um, just uh, an, an incredible inspiration, I think, mm-hmm. you know, for everybody, not just people with uh, a disability. I mean, just an amazing what he did just to make it on the field is just, you know, I mean, just to play in college. Let's say forget about the pros. If he just had his college career, he had a great college football career um, at what was it? UCF, I think, right? Was it Central yes. Florida or South Florida? I, I, I yeah. want
1: to say it was Central Florida, yeah. yeah. I think it was UCF.
0: Yeah, I mean, he was yeah. he was great there. Um, so um. he's retiring after four years. So, you know, congratulations. God bless. And you know what? Can't wait to see what else he could do. You know, what else is he, is he going to do? Like, what's next for this guy?
1: Yeah, I agree with you, man. <laughs> people people like that need them in the, in the forefront to kind of, you know, send that message to not only people that have disabilities like him, just regular folk, you know, you, you, you know, you don't, you don't let the fact that things are not working out your way or you feel like you have a disability and things that, you know, don't let that stop you, man. You know, so That's we not. need people like that up front, you know, telling their stories and showing people the way.
0: Yeah, I remember his, um, his, uh, his numbers, like. His 40-yard uh, dash was crazy, was crazy numbers. I remember just the, speed Very, had, fast. Yeah. the Very fast, yeah. Strength he had.
1: Very athletic, yep. Yeah.
0: So, you know, God bless him, man. Well, I mean, just to be drafted by the NFL, just to have a great career is just amazing. So, you know, great on him, uh, obviously. Um, and then some bad news uh, within the NFL. Chase Young is going to be out at least the first four games of the regular season, again, getting hurt. Um this guy, we seen him in college. Ultra talented, <laughs> just a a complete animal out there on the on the uh, on yeah. the edge. So uh, feel bad for the guy. Uh, well, what's your thoughts on uh, thoughts on Chase Young?
1: I think he. I think his story right up to the up to, up to this point encapsulates the the issue of hey. This guy is ultra talented. He's he's a freak. He's big. He has to be an NFL player. And he will be a Hall of Famer. It doesn't happen. It is rare. And it's hard. It's difficult. It's almost impossible. For some of, even the the, specimen like like that guy. To go through playing football season after season after season. Without getting nicked again hurt and losing games that could that you could use to stack up numbers and and plays to make a career out of the NFL where you become a legendary player that's why again we should hold the players that did those things for the years that they did it at with such high regard because these kids coming you know guys like him that again a specimen of a young man Big, tall, fast, you know, strong, all that. You know, there's not too many people built like Chase Young. But unfortunately, once the injury bug hits you, man, in the NFL, it's hard to get to shake it loose. It's very rare, too, that people um, get injured like that once in a while and then they they get their career going after that. So, I mean, we're praying for the young man, I hope, you know, that everything goes well. But again, I, to me, the first thing that comes to mind, not only for him to get better and come on to get on the field, because I love to see good or great football players play football, but it all also reminds me that it is hard to play football and it's hard to play football for a long period of time. That's why we need to hold the The players that we hold at such high regard, our Hall of Famers and all those guys, we need to always remember how hard it was for them to do what they did. Absolutely.
0: And speaking of injuries, like you said, the the injury bug, once it hits you, um, just like with a player, it does that with the team. Uh, The Giants are feeling the injury bug, right? They lost today. Colin Johnson, their wide receiver, Achilles, he's done for the year. Um, earlier, I think they lost a fourth and sixth rounder, um, for the year as well. Uh, one of the guys was Beavers, the linebacker, Darian Beavers. Yeah, yeah. he's done for the year. Um, <laughs> Thibodeau got hurt, he's gonna miss uh, Two only games. three to four weeks, I think. Yeah, so
1: that's the lucky one. Yeah, you, uh, you did, what was your take on that block? Because there, there was a whole controversy going around, it
0: didn't look good. I'll, good I'll tell it. you that. I don't know if it was, yeah. Legal, but-
1: it, the block, the real? block, it is, it is a legal block. The problem wow. is the way he played it. Um, if you just pay attention to the drill that players do in the combine, where you you kind of uh, sidestep those bags and you put your hand on it, you slap, you slap the bags, and you wow. keep sidestepping them. Yeah, this is basically a kind of a training method to teach you how to play that block. His idea, and and that was the craziest thing, is the way he squared up to the block with his shoulder like sideways when he should have been keeping his eye on the guy and tried to get both hands on him, get him to eat dirt, get his legs clear and get him to propel himself off of the block and keep pursuing. The way that he played it was the wrong thing. He he shouldn't have. He that's not how you play that. So if the the guy coming to block him or to you know already kind of committed to doing the block, you know he that's not how he should have played it. He made it look worse than it should have been. And um, unfortunately, and it sounds like you know if you know again that this explanation kind of sounds like I'm blaming the victim, but it's not. He's trained to play this way better, and he kind of failed at it, and he made it look horrible. And it was not the guy the blocker's fault. It was completely on – the onus was completely on him.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it's horrible. I mean, but luckily it's only going to be, you know, maybe four weeks at the most. So, you know, you're talking maybe the first two weeks of the season he'll be out. Yeah. Yep. So. And he'd,
1: he'd been having a great camp
0: too. <laughs> oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So he was a guy definitely, I mean, we talked about him, you know, possibly getting drafted by us and hoping that he was gonna get drafted by us. So uh, yep. just hoping he you know, he heals up fine. Uh, another one that came up was uh, the I read something today where they said the dolphins were possibly looking into trading Mike Gasecki, the tight end slash wide receiver for the dolphins. And um, it's more or less because, he has to play tight end and he's been more or less a wide receiver all this time. And now he has to learn how to block. What's your, what's your thoughts? Do you think they should trade him or do you think they should just keep him and try to make him into that tight end that they want him to be?
1: I have, I have two things, two kind of uh, uh, views on that, that whole thing, you know, living here in New York and reading the, the tabloids all the time, one of the things that always catch my eye, especially around football time, is how when there's a player that is not having a great camp or is being switching switch position for a reason, or if the underlying issue is something like basically what's going on in Miami, the coach coming in, his team asks tight ends to block. This, then you just happen to have a star tight end that has never been asked to block on that level. He's, of course, he's blocked before because he's he plays tight end. But what they ask in with that kind of zone scheme is a tight end that could inline block. And okay, a lot of writers for tabloids they try to make you know one and one, you know, they try to add one on one and make it two. You know, sometimes that's not what happens. Sometimes that's not true. Sometimes the they the coach, because I don't I to me I don't see the reasoning behind it. Because I think this guy is talented enough to learn how to block. Why would you move him unless he's struggling so badly at camp that he just can't block and to me if if you could corroborate corroborate uh him struggling in camp but also the dolphins making multiple moves to try to add tight ends to their roster because he's struggling so badly then I would then I would kind of give a little bit more credence to this story but the fact that to me um I just don't see a smart coaching staff looking at this guy and being like I don't think he can learn how to block let's move eh, you know doesn't sounds really short-sighted in my opinion and I don't I don't think that that's what these guys are about. So I'm I'm not I'm not with that. I think I think that's more of a tabloid story than it is actually what's going on down there. Because I would not move the second one bit. I'm sorry, I would. Right.
0: Yeah. I I think also too at this point because he's not a cheap player either. I'm didn't he? Yeah. The, exactly. Uh, Thank you.
1: <laughs> he signed the franchise
0: tag, didn't he? Yeah.
1: I uh, was it the franchise
0: tag? I, I thought so because he was a free agent. Well, either way, he's making either way, he's making um, 10, 10.9 million dollars this year. So I think even with the quote unquote, salary cap <laughs> that we got, um, I still think that's a hard contract to move. So even if they they were thinking about it and moving him, you would have to bring back another player, make, you know, like
1: it, it's a it's a hard
0: contract. to to move that is why
1: that's that's another reason why i think you could again you could kind of you know uh internet you know intimate like hey guess what this guy you know he's you know he you know he's he's up to for signing his you know you know they didn't give him a long-term signing so that probably means they're you know they're gonna trade him you know i just I think the I think the money is one of the issues. I think the money is most definitely one of the issues. but of of, you know, but I can't also just completely say that there can't be an issue here, and that the coaching staff don't, you know, maybe think that, hey, you know, maybe he's not really cut out for this. But I don't think they would just give up on trying to get him to learn the scheme at all,
0: right, yeah, definitely. he's he's a talented guy. I mean, He's a talented receiver. Um, even if they get him to become an adequate blocker, that's all they really got, you know. So, yep. not that I'm saying I'm not saying that's easy, but um, hmm. just looking at some of the, the the salary figures for the teams, cap space wise, uh, only twelve teams have enough, like without moving anybody, have enough space for him. So that just shows that's you it's slim not, pickings, bro. Yeah, and one of those teams is the Dolphins. So. so obviously they'd have to maneuver around other teams and so i don't know i I, we usually don't see a player like that get traded um you know during this late in the season yes sir. yeah we're talking about a couple of weeks that that's hard to just say okay we'll take him and then you know he's got to learn a new offense within a couple of weeks so i don't see that happening you know this might listen this might affect him resigning there maybe if he doesn't work out as a blocker as a tight end, yeah, maybe the dolphins move on from him after this year. That makes a lot of sense. So
1: yeah,
0: I agree. Um, but um, yeah, so now we could get to the Jets. Uh they had their their second round of cuts, I guess. Or is it you're right, the second round? Um
1: was it second round or first that weren't that those first cuts? Oh, okay, right. They, the first ones, yeah, first, yeah. yeah, I think those are the great. first cuts. Yeah.
0: Uh the only the big names that we were really paying attention to that I think kind of made um you know, kind of like, oh, those are kind of big names. It was Elijah Riley um, who started, I think, seven games for us last year. Yeah. And the kicker, uh, Pinero. So that shows yes. you that the other guy has won it. Um, what's his yeah, name? Yeah, Zerline. Zerline, right. And he's got, he's probably got the stronger leg, too.
1: Um, yeah. So, you know. like He's been a little bit more consistent. Um, yeah. So, so I kind of understand why. Uh, but I don't think there's like a massive gap between the two the two kickers in my opinion. No, but there is there is something there. Um, yeah, they must have seen. Eli- it, yeah, yeah, Elijah Riley. Yeah, man. Uh, with uh with the um the Florin Park Park uh Strangler roaming around <laughs> on Jets Drive. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, they you know and and Will Parks, man. Will Parks has made a name. For himself as safety, you know he he's really been had a really good camp. So I think that those two guys kind of you know kind of pushed Riley out of the room. So uh, I think that's the reason the reason why uh, Riley is not there anymore. Um, the other guys are, uh, you know, bodies.
0: Yeah, it'll be interesting because I know like Elijah Riley did sign today with the Steelers. But he's a player. He'll 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 be he'll bounce around the league. I think for a long time. I think he was pretty good. You know, he was. I shouldn't say pretty good. He was solid. He did start for a, I think seven games last year.
1: Yeah, he, he's he okay. He's not a bad. He's not a he's not a no, completely no. bad player. He's just not a starter. He's not a starter. Right. He's not a starter. and might not even be a backup man because there's certain things about his game that's like,
0: eh,
1: you know. But again, you know, you could get you get better every year. Maybe he takes his game to another level. Well, it'll be
0: interesting who makes it for us in the safety, because the guy yeah. that I think that's on the bubble is Ashton Davis. And I remember during the off season, they were expecting him to really, um, to really excel this year, but. Haven't heard his name.
1: Right. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. I, again, like I said, I heard, I heard Will Park's name and he had this, he had a really good game uh, Um, hit on a, a wide receiver screen where he read it all the way and he kind of just popped out, uh, and stuck the crap out of the wide receiver. So that was, you know, that was a great play by him. Great recognition, great patience on that play. Um, but he's been doing stuff like that all camp, you know, um, reading a lot of the reporters, uh, descriptions of camp. Um, he's a name that comes up a lot. So we'll see where that goes.
0: Yeah, that'll be. It's. I think that's going to be the interesting. I think this this game coming up, the uh the third game for us against the Giants. I think a lot of guys have to really show up and play. And um and they announced today that the starters are going to play at least a quarter, maybe more into the for in maybe the entire first half. So I-, I think that's a good thing because we haven't really seen the starters that much in the first two games. Yeah. Yeah, um, especially we we need to see Flacco out there. Um, yes, sir. You know, at least for the we, first game, possibly first two games.
1: Yeah, we also need to see Quinnen Williams, who hasn't really played. Um, he has been injured for weeks, and he hasn't really been there. And Dwayne Brown, our new left tackle, too. Today was yeah. today. He was he he took part in team drills for the first time uh, since he was signed. So let the gelling begin.
0: Yeah and
1: we we definitely got to see,
0: to be honest, the defense play much better than what it has. Um, yeah, first two games, we've seen them the first first two halves against Atlanta and the first half against Philly. they were just doing nothing. like it, it was amazing how how easy those offenses were going up and down the field on them. Um, I, yeah, I, I think this year, I would have to say Oldbrock is definitely on the hot seat. I don't think LaFleur is right. Because LaFleur has got, you know, still, he's got Wilson at quarterback, a second year guy. So. all and right, He did not really, he
1: didn't wet the bed last year. I, I know a lot of people, he probably spent the first five, six games kind of struggling, kind yeah. of take up some of the kinks off, but down the stretch, he did not. He, he turned into Booth LaFleur, remember? Oh yeah, no, <laughs> he definitely, <laughs> you know. He
0: de- no, he definitely played better. De- so that's why I don't think LaFleur is on the hot street, but I think yeah. Holbrook is because when you look at that defense, I mean, the talent that's on that defense, top to bottom, the guys that were added, I mean, yeah, we, we do have a couple of young, you know, first round picks in Sauce Gardner and, and Jermaine Johnson, but the rest of that defense is is stacked. We signed DJ yeah. Reed, signed the safety uh, Whitehead. Um, so this, it's filled with veterans and young players. Mm-hmm. So I don't think there's the excuse where, okay, we got a second year quarterback. Like, well, like you said, LaFleur, but he did see, like you said, you have seen a progression with, with, with Zach. So I don't think he's on the hot seat at all, but I think Earl Obrick is because this defense has to get better than what it was. It has to, there's no more excuse. There's no more. Well, you know, you know it's a first year first year uh, dc basically you know a lot of young kids these guys are in the second year in the system now you got a lot of veterans coming over that won a super bowl that has been in a super bowl so there's no more excuses now they got to perform
1: the, the problem the problem with with this the question with this that's one of the reasons why the coaches are going to be on the fire in my opinion is that are they so stuck in their ways with the way they do things that they're not willing to adjust their defense to allow for the players they have? That's gonna be the question because that cover three situation um scheme that they keep calling everybody knows where the holes are and if the NFL literally started running crossing routes because of this there's a there's answers. That's one of the reasons why there's a there's mesh. They run the NFL basically the play mesh is run. i I don't know what the percentage is, but almost every time somebody snaps the ball, I'm watching the game. I see mesh run so much. I'm like, really? They don't call smash anymore. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's ridiculous. it's It's crazy how many how many mesh uh, mesh China, It's ridiculous. You see, you know, so so if. Cover three beaters, uh, beaters, or beat. You know my accent always gets in the way, but beat. You know, um, um, you know, you know concepts that beat cover three is a staple, especially the fact that they're always in, in, in three wides. Why would you? Why would cover three be your go-to? It doesn't make any kind of sense. So, um, I'm, you know, I'm kind of curious to see what what their adjustments gonna be. Uh, going forward because it's just not just because guys didn't know where to go. I mean, there was a few plays in the last game in Atlanta with Atlanta where uh, there was one where uh, joiner the safety. um, It's almost like he forgot his assignment. Um, Totally forgot. Slow to react. Slow to get to the flat. Uh, And uh, I think it was the running back that ran uh, up and out. Uh, a wheel route and beat him, uh, and he made him look stupid, which in a, which was a basic, in my opinion, a basic route concept. it was not it wasn't that com- complicated. So um, th- these are the things that make I think that make us jets fans kind of cringe and make us kind of you know we you know at this point, we don't have any kind of anything to grab onto. That's what was worrying about this whole situation. Um, we're being sold on, a, on an, um, an amazing pass rush but what Why? What does it matter if you can't hold coverage for long enough so the pass rush can get there it really doesn't matter so um, until guys start stop over pursuing, being out of pose- um, position, especially in the second level with the linebackers and the safeties until those things stop uh and and you see a little bit more consistent when you throw a screen screen gets chased out of bounds or get cut down more often than not that's you know when these things become consistent is when we Jets fans are gonna be a little bit more uh you know positive about this defense going forward.
0: Yeah I I, I just think you know what he's on the hot seat more than I think any Anybody in the Jets is the, the defense as a whole because they were so bad last year that they have to get better. I mean, this is a team loaded now with talent. Years ago, I think, past- I, yeah,
1: not to cut you off, Chris, yeah. it's just one last thing you, because you just said how bad the defense was. In reality, I don't think there was not anything special that, that Albert could have done to make that defense better last year. No, because this is how bad the defense yeah. It, the talent was not there. At all. Like and I think one of the things I think our friend Michael Powell kind of brought up on Twitter was how um our best linebacker was not himself. A good chunk of the year. And he, of course, Michael <laughs> kind of said, "Oh, he sucked, or He was horrible." You know, he was not horrible, but he definitely wasn't himself. Um, right. He did not he, he he had multiple poor games, which is something you do not see out of that guy. So um, for me, when you have one of your best players struggling and then you have a bunch of young guys around him, and then you have young guys at safety, young guys at corner. Come on, man. There's almost nothing you could do. And, and it just goes to it's again even in zone calls, this this was the the I think the the straw that broke the comments back for most Jets fans. A zone call, you're standing in position, waiting for reaction from the deep from the from the offense and then reacting by that. You're not in man to man where somebody could get their hands on you for the most part they have to get to you because you're covering the grass and you're not being covering just one person. How are you not reading screens and cutting them down more often and you're always out of possession and you're getting outflanked so much? You know, so that definitely, in my opinion, smells like inexperience more than it smells like Ulbrich was just flat out bad at his job. Now, I'm not saying that, Hey, he could end up being a scapegoat that stuff like that has happened before, but I, I don't want to, I, I wouldn't go out on a limb and say that he's his coaching was a major reason why they looked so bad last year.
0: Yeah, definitely. So that's why I'm saying there's talent on the team now. So there's no excuse to say, well, you know, we got this young team. We don't have that much talent. We got killed by injuries. They got talent now, up and down that roster, especially on the defensive both sides of the ball, really. But the defensive side, I mean, defensive line is loaded. I mean, you got uh-huh. seven, eight guys deep there now. Um, linebacker, you know, we always have our question marks with there, but they love their linebackers. So, and then you got the corners, you know, you got DJ Reed and they haven't named Source Gardner the starter, but we're just assuming that he's going to be the other starter. You know, Michael Carter, the slot safety. You know, I think you've you've already brought it up. That's a question mark a little bit, but yeah, I think overall it's got to be better than it was last year. And if we're two and two and seven, or let's say two and seven, yeah, at the at the uh, at the buy right because I think our buy is after week nine. So Mm -hmm. if we're two and seven, I mean, I I would assume there's going to be changes made at that point. Like maybe Salah yeah, I mean, over. I don't know, but something's gotta get done.
1: Yeah. Uh um if I I'm, I'm gonna go out on a limb and say one thing. If that if that team is that bad by then, to me, the changes don't I to me the changes don't have to be coaches being fired, or I think what they need to do is give up on the system that they're running and run something more. Something that works better for the players they have in house. You know, that's to me, that's that goes without saying. You know, I, it, I the only way this fails so badly is if these guys just can't execute those calls. And if they, oh, you know, I'm kind of tripping over myself because Why when do you, you think when, when players don't execute calls, then it goes to coaching and you gotta blame coaches for that. Why
0: do you think they're they're very rigid in their coaching? Like why don't they see, okay, this isn't working. Let's try this or let's try that. Why why do you think they're so rigid?
1: I don't wanna say that. And the reason why I don't wanna say that is because there's too much of a small sample size here um in New York. Because both Ulbrick and Salah in their past jobs were never rigid guys. Um Ulbrick. A uh, couple times when he was with Atlanta, took an Atlanta defense that kind of played. Uh, uh, what's the the guy? The guy that went to the um, to the Cowboys that he used to be the coach for the Atlanta Falcons. Um, he kind he he kind of just he changed the way they did things. Even even when he knew he didn't have the personnel to do it, but he he did what he thought that was going to work the best, and it did. I re- I I remember it. Because that's one of the things that stuck in my head when I heard Salah pick him as the DC, and one of the quest, the conversations when Salah got hired here was the fact that he was he kept calling those cover two shells as an answer for all these crossing routes that teams were were taking advantage of that cover three or cover one. That um, so he showed that he was able to be flexible. So for me to watch these, both of those guys do things that, you know, that they were being a little bit more flexible, a little, you know, kind of, you, you know, uh, being um, able to change when they had to, I can't say that they are that now, unless I see that that's something. And then to me, that would be not a Ulbricht problem, but that would be a solid problem. Uh, because He's the head coach, and what he says goes. And if he has deemed what uh, Ulbrich is doing as the best way to do things, and he doesn't want to change, Ulbrich can't change that. So there are, of course, indicators of uh, of a kind of a rigid system. Which I don't know if you remember this. Um, uh, Mosley had a call where he changed a call, a a defensive call last year, sometime. and uh, and Salah said in an interview that he normally don't allow for changes in the it changes call, defensive changes in 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 game. So that's an indicator and that to me that's kind of a red flag. But you know, I'm not a DC, so I don't know.
0: <laughs> yeah, I I think they're going to be the, you know, like we know. Zach's progression and how much he improves that's going to be everything for the team obviously but that's the offense I think the de- the defense has to improve for this team to take that next step to give Zach Wilson you don't want to give you don't want to you know keep giving up 35 30 points every game and not give our you know our second year quarterback a chance to win a game so I Chris. think the defense has to step it up
1: yeah that goes without saying, man, the yeah. first four games we had we're playing we're playing against teams that have uh ultra talented. oh no doubt. Uh, <laughs> if those guys get get a lead on you, they're fourteen, 14 nothing, twenty one nothing on you. yeah, uh, the chances of you catching them is almost impossible. And the fact that you you they've possessed the ball so many times to the point where they've scored that much points, that's less opportunities for your offense. and that's the issue, you know so. And then, I think like you say, it, just, it just goes without saying the yeah. the defense needs to rise up.
0: And I think we're going to know like week one, right? Because Baltimore, you know, runs the ball as good or better than any team in the league. So we'll know right away if, if our run defense got any better. Because if I will, I'll three, tell you,
1: I'll tell you, I'll tell you one thing. I'll tell you one thing. And, and you might disagree with me, but that game to me is going to be an anomaly because that run game, that they're gonna face to me is the most dangerous in the NFL. Hands down. Yep. Hands down, the most unique and most dangerous run game in the NFL. You're not gonna see anything like this again all season, <laughs> like the, the way they do things. You're not gonna see it. You're not gonna see the kind of um call play play calls they do. And and that's gonna be so unique that it's either Salah has a foolproof plan. To stop these guys, which we've seen, like Miami did, where Miami basically choked them out and they could not score. And Miami, like, what was it 20 something to nothing or whatever the hell it was? Like Miami beat the crap out of them. They yeah. could not move the ball. It's either it's either gonna be that way or it's gonna be it's gonna be like full, they beat the crap out of us because we just can't figure out that run game. And that's a possibility again because this is a different animal. This is not, this is not, we're not walking into playing the Browns here where you know they're going to run the ball, but you know the kind of the basic scheme that they ran. You know it. You know, you know, they love to run duo. You know, they love to like pin and pull because they have both running backs that not only have a run power, but could run outside zone. So, you 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 know what the Browns bring, and it, yes, it's a hard team to stop because they are top five in the NFL in running. But the Ravens is a different animal, and the the threat of Jackson on the edge is, I mean, come on, man, you know. So I'm not to me, I'm not willing to use that game as a measuring stick to where we are on defense. Now, tell me, count count me like four games in, and we're giving up 180 yards a game. Yeah, they, yeah, that's it. Well, just to show you their <laughs> first two
0: games, the Ravens last year, they they gained 189 rushing yards the first game and 251 the second game. It's and not, the first it's game, it's not fair. First game was against the Raiders, and the second game was against the Chiefs.
1: It's not fair. It's <laughs> not. I'm telling no. you, it's a it's a combination of an an old school way of doing things as a in, as a rushing team to a, 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 a marriage of, of, like, the new run, running NFL thing with a, a sprinkle of college stuff in it because you have all that, you know, all that rushing that Jackson could do, you know. So, man, listen, you know, that boot game, that boot game, that boot keep, I mean, that's what do you do as a an, as an defense? You can't. If you sell out to stop this guy from running, he just pull up and throw 30-some yards to this tight end that he has that's ridiculously fast and could get open, (laughs) you know. (laughs) You know, people forget. I know, I know, I know. Miami beat the crap out of them. But that's what happens to this team. We've seen it for the last at least three years. You know, they run into a buzzsaw once in a while where a defensive team figures their, their stuff out and they just can't move the ball. But almost every game after that, <laughs> they just pummel everybody.
0: Well, you got to remember last year Buffalo. I mean Buffalo, the Ravens had how many injuries, oh, right? Yeah. Like, by the time they played Miami that game, they were just decimated by injuries. I don't think they're. I think their starting top two or top three running backs were out by then.
1: Well, yeah, that's true. I know. So that you got to remember true. they
0: by that time they had Le'Veon Bell. <laughs> On their <laughs> roster. So if you remember, they lost. I, think, I remember first, that. Right. Their first two running backs were out by week one. Yeah. Right. And then just in that game, I'm just looking at it quick. Um, rushing wise, Devontae Freeman was their leading rusher, 10 carries, mm-hmm. one more than Lamar Jackson. But other than that, Bell had three carries and that was it. So, yeah. I mean, like I said, I, I, Bell, I'm. Yeah, I said in the beginning, Baltimore is going to be week one, but,
1: you know, got to do it. it yeah,
0: it is what it is. But I, I, I hear what you're saying, and I totally agree with you. I, I'm not expecting them to be, you know, I'm not expecting them to hold them under 100 yards rushing and, you know, be this formidable defense. But they got to show something in that first game. Something. You got to show some life in that first game. You got to show a pass rush which we didn't see much last year, which should be light years better than it was last year with the talent they got right now. Right. With Lawson coming back, Jermaine Johnson, you know, Quinnen Williams, they got to be better than they were last year. That's all I'm saying. We got to see a better, a better effort than we did last year. Not effort. I'm sure they tried their best, but there has to be a better defense this year has to be.
1: And, and, and uh, sidebar, um, when we mention pass rush and the Jets, we need to make it a habit to start mentioning Bryce Huff's name in the game because mm-hmm. uh, I rem- I don't know if you remember, but there was a time, especially in the first, I don't know how many games last in the first five six games, he was a menace mm-hmm. until he got injured. So he's all he's all the way healthy again. That's Just it. One
0: more guy. That's one, I'm that's telling what you, I'm man. saying. It's going to be an all day, you know, they're going to have a great rotation of of edge rushers this year. And that's why, like, I think I, we talked about it too earlier on. Like, Jermaine Johnson, you don't hear nothing about that guy. Good or bad, you don't hear nothing. And this guy was a first round pick. I know he was our third first round pick, but he's still just, he still is a first round pick. And he's kind of like the quietest first round pick we ever got
1: because yeah he don't he don't say too much you he know he, he's not a really unassuming guy yeah most definitely yeah
0: not, not just him talking but you don't hear anything talked about him either like there's yep. like and i think that helps him because there's like no pressure on him because you got lost everything is about Carl Lawson coming back this year i think you know the focus yep. is on him and you know cuz we he was our big uh, free agent signing last year and we were looking forward to him and gets hurt in camp and that was the end of the season for him but I think with Jermaine Johnson, I think it's a good thing. He's coming in kind of under the radar as an as a first round pick can come under the radar. But um, I mean, I, I think it's amazing. And this whole defensive line, just like you said, Huff is hmm. nobody's talking about him either. But nope. when he's healthy, we're going to be talking about him. <laughs> you know, we're going to be talking about this whole this whole defensive line. I think. Um, yes, sir. Hopefully. <laughs> hopefully, I agree. So. <laughs> But <laughs> excuse me. But uh, yeah, um, I think that's it. Well, what are you what else are we looking for before we go? Well, what else are we looking for in that in this last game against the Giants? Is there anything you're really looking forward to?
1: I think the most important thing, I think we spoke about it, is the is the gelling of the um the offensive line. Um, they haven't played together in a long time. It's gonna be that's another thing that's gonna need time. Um Conor McGovern um with has two guards that he has not played, had a lot of snaps with playing right next to him. I mean, ABT he played with last year, but ABT was playing on his left side. Now ABT is on his right side. Now he has uh, man, his name his name always escapes me. Um from the 49ers. Um on his right side, on his left side.
0: Oh, Tomlinson. Right.
1: Right. He has Tomlinson on his right, on his left side. These guys have to learn each other. They might know the scheme and they might know the plays, but reactionary-wise where something happens, some kind of stunt happens where they haven't played enough enough together and the communication is not really there yet. You know they could be had because of that. These things need to be ironed out. It's gonna take a little bit of time. I know it's not a built-in excuse. I'm not expecting them to make a ton of mistakes because these guys are all um especially, except for Avt they're they're veterans, especially on the left left side of the the line. You're talking about McGovern, Tomlinson, and Brown who's been all playing in the NFL for long periods of time. So they should understand football on a high level. You know, fan, the only person that's that's on that line that, ha- that does not have a lot of experience is AVT. Um, so you're talking, so the line should take time to gel, but it shouldn't take a ton of time to gel. Uh, but I'm looking forward to that. I'm looking forward to how they use Brees Hall and michael carter i'm looking forward to how they incorporate the tight ends in the game um i am looking forward to how they incorporate uh garrett wilson if uh, and 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 Corey davis and elijah moore in this game so it, it's gonna be interesting to see man i can't wait
0: yeah uh, me too um i want to see them play that whole first half and see what they could get see what we could do in that first half i want to see the defense i want i want to see pass rush i want to see this pass <laughs> rush that we're talking about i want to see them get to the quarterback and we're not exactly playing a great quarterback here we're playing daniel jones so if he's starting so i, don't, I don't uh, know yeah, sure doubt it but yeah, we'll I'm see not sure what they're doing so it'll be interesting but definitely we'll be watching it um did you watch any of uh, One Jets Drive? I I watched. Uh, we're up to episode three. Very cool. Um, I like that it's not a whole hour, like the yeah. uh, Hard Knocks is on HBO. I like that it's like a half hour. Mm-hmm. Kind of. I like, love it. I yeah. I, yeah.
1: <laughs> Gives you a little bit of an inside story with the players, and you know, kind of continuation of what the off season. So you get to see everybody and what they're up to. Um, the 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 past episode was about. There, there was a lot about Sauce Gardner. And uh, by the way, I mean, in the Atlanta game, multiple times you see this kid with just a high understanding of what he's supposed to do and where he's supposed to be. I don't think the ball got thrown in his way one time uh, during the game. Um, and then and then there was a little bit with LeFleur and the coaches, um, uh, who will? What am I missing? I can't remember if there was something else that I was missing, but yeah, it, it, it was a pretty good cool, yeah, uh, episode. A little bit about the,
0: the Falcon game. Yeah. Which wasn't good in the first half. Second half, much yeah. better. That's the other thing. I'm, we see that kid Strebler. Not kid. But yeah,
1: I was just about to mention his name. Yeah.
0: <laughs> like, do you think he's going to take over White for the, for the number three spot?
1: You see, I that's, that's, that's where from. I, yeah, that's where I don't, I don't, I don't know. I don't think so um, I know he I, he's, he's exciting but I think they were looking for someone that knows their offense more than no you know more than not I think White's issue is white has lost that thing that made him have that game before he kind of kind of just put hang it all out there in that game you know and right. even before that the second game when he before he got injured that was his whole thing it was the the ball was just coming out of his hand and he was just making the right decisions. Now you see him being a little bit tentative, and I think that's been playing, that's played against him. I think part of it also is that uh, against Atlanta, a lot of this, the guys that were playing wide receiver, they just could not separate. Uh, they could not separate at all. So um, so he couldn't get the ball out of his hand. But, uh, but I do see a little bit of a, a kind of a... Um, you know, he he kind of he's trying to be a little bit too everything needs to be clean and nice. You know, I and and to me that's not his game. I think I think he makes better decisions when he just he just sees it and fires it in there. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I I I I think they keep white around.
0: Yeah, I mean it, it makes sense because he's been here, you know, the second year now and he knows the offense probably better than Stretler. He hasn't played well. Yeah, but again, it's preseason, so who knows? But um, yeah. anyway, I think that's going to be it uh, for this week's episode. Thanks for joining us. And remember, you can catch us on Twitter at Liftoff Jets. Charmin, you can catch his articles on playlikeajet.com, and you can catch him on Twitter at grownfolk1980. You can catch myself at CP7NY. Um, and we'll be back next week. We're going to wrap up the uh, – the week, uh, the game three preseason game for the jets. And then we're going to get into a little bit of previewing the season because the season's only a couple of weeks away. So we got to get those picks in and, uh, do our over and under picks as we, as we did last year. And we'll see if we get hit a few more than we did last year, <laughs> but um, <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> yep. So anyway, we will uh, talk to you guys next week.
1: Have a good night.